Hey, this is Big Sexy Kevin Nash, and you're listening to The Rough House. Behold, a podcast for the ages. Recorded live from the interdimensional terror vortex of their subterranean dwellings comes the Rough House Podcast version 3.0. Two galactic warriors put down their war hammers and battle axes to perform a more noble task. Complaining about professional wrestling on internet purchased microphones. Now with more Simpsons references and Kota Ibushi thirst. This is the Rough House Podcast with Marty and Christoph. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Rough House Podcast, episode number 295 for October 9, 2022. Hello, everybody. I am Marty. I'm Christoph, and, uh, you know, 295, it's a great uh, number for an episode, Terrible Road to Drive On. Yeah, it is horrible. Just, horrible. just the worst. It's the Baltimore-Washington Parkway, for those of you not from the uh, the DMV area here. Yes. Uh, uh, a place where either you go 70 or 30. Yeah, the speed limit is 55. Yes, <laughs> but you have two options, 70 yes. or 30, depending on right. what's going on around well, you. three, or dead stopped. And uh, the, the running gag from my years of going to shows at the 930 Club in the Black uh-huh. Hat was count the abandoned cars on the side of the road on the way home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> certainly, uh, certainly a large number. I always opted for ninety-five because the speed limit was higher. Yes, and uh, like one Bobby, comma Ricky, I like to go fast. So, <laughs> well, if you're I, not first, you're last. That, that course, too, clearly. Yeah, or was that Cal Naughton? No, no, it was, it was Ricky Bobby. Yeah, it was Ricky. But yeah, that, yeah. That, 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 that was Richard Robert. Yes, <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was many, many catchphrases from that great, fantastic film. Yes, yes. Uh, well, folks, we got to jump right into it. Uh, so much so, normally, Chris and I, when we hop on to record a pod. There is uh, uh, some banter, some extended back and forth. We have to catch up on yes. each other's lives and what's been going on and things of that nature. Not so much today because we got a lot to cover. So let's just go ahead and jump right into it with the latest and most breaking news. Swig of coffee for the working man. The World Wrestling Federation. For over 50 years, the revolutionary force in sports entertainment. Well, we are now in the third pay-per-view of the Paul Levesque era. I'm sorry. A what? Sorry. The third premium live event. Yeah, the PLE. The it PLE has a, a much, of the much better ring than PPV. The PLE from PL. Yes. Uh, it's his third one. We had uh, SummerSlam, which you can, you know, you can kind of bluff that because uh, the build was definitely under Vince, but sure. uh, the show itself under Papa H. We had the Clash at the Castle, and last night, uh, the the most traditional of the pay-per-views, Extreme Rules, live in Philadelphia on a Saturday night. Yeah. God damn it, every pay-per-view should be on a Saturday unless it's a long weekend. I'm, I'm I agree. just going to, if there's anything I can put out into this world, let's try to make that happen. Um, it was a stacked show. There was a lot that happened, but let's get into... The biggest bit of the show, the bit that everyone and their brother knew was going to happen. Ronda Rousey beating Liv Morgan for the SmackDown (laughs) Women's Championship. I mean, you know, this is Ronda Rousey is somebody who is just so, so polarizing in the world of professional wrestling. I mean, if you've looked at anything outside of her time in WWE of any kind of opinions she's had or things that she's done or mostly things that she said, um, you know, it's kind of crazy that they continue to just uh, strap the card, the women's division to this, uh, you know, kind of 
ter- terrible turf. Well, he, Chris is not wrong in saying that Ronda Rousey regained the SmackDown Women's Championship, but uh, he he's pulling your leg. That's not what everyone was talking about. If anything, that was a false flag from Chris well, because <laughs> the fight pit between Seth Rollins and <laughs> Matt Riddle with D- Daniel Cormier as the uh, as the official the, in there, the, they had the, the special big LED guest official who who did all of two things. <laughs> yeah, I, don't even, I didn't even see anything about this match. What did he, did he do? Any did he get physical? He, he did got he physical very early on with both okay. Riddle and Rollins, and then nothing else for the rest of the match. Just like a little shovey shove. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little, little, little bit of getting up in each other's ass. So that's okay. pretty much all what right. it was. Okay. But so, the real story of the day, yes, is Finn Balor's stupid new mask. <laughs> uh, what? A ridiculous fucking this is like we made fun of Karrion Cross for wearing something similar back when he was forced to wear so in this yes. man. Uh and then we're in the, the Papa H era, as you said, and Finn Balor, man. I don't know, I don't understand the logic behind this thing. I mean, I guess they're kinda like an S and M Doom cult, uh, is yeah. Judgment Day, but yeah, that is that's kinda that's pretty cringe. It, 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 pretty, it was a little cringe. uh pinheady, uh, a little cinnabitey. Uh eh, but yeah. uh it it, it it, it was very, very bad. Said, now, I, know you, I know you said Cenobite, but I heard Cinnabite, and that makes me want yes. like uh, delicious cinnamon uh, treats, like the little uh, the ones Taco Bell has. They're delicious. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the little balls that you pop in your mouth, and then yeah. the warm goo. Yeah, yeah. Love yep. those. Those are love my those favorite things. things to eat. But yeah, no, that's not really the big story. The no. big story of Extreme Rules last night in Philadelphia was fuck. I don't remember what else happened on the show. <laughs> I could have okay, with we, a bit had I had we, the we did our rule of threes, so yeah. let's go ahead and get into it. <laughs> the show looked to go off the air, and then we got a Paul Levesque special. The oh, copyright yeah. and trademark logo appeared, and then the lights went out. The cell phones. Uh, unfortunately, it's I mean, Philly. it's Philadelphia. Yeah. It, 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 People would have been doing cartwheels in the aisles. Uh, actually, it would have just been me. I would have somehow transported, teleported, yeah. teleported into the Wells Fargo arena and started doing cartwheels myself. Get a little portal gun, just uh, <laughs> pop in there and do some cartwheels. <laughs> do a shooting star yourself and then portal yes. the scout before the stupid shit happened. Exactly. Now, uh, the, the lights went out. The cell phones came out. The fireflies, if you will. And after, uh, God, what, eight viral... Hints, we got the return of Bray Wyatt to the WWE uh, in an extended segment that ultimately resulted in next to nothing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, not I wouldn't say next to nothing. Definitely nothing because there he didn't get physical. He didn't. He didn't speak uh, really on the microphone for anybody. Uh, we I, no I believe his I, it was hard to hear because. The crowd in Philadelphia was losing their fucking mind. Like, this was full-on Jesus pop, uh, which, hey, uh, good for WWE, good for Bray. I'm sure that felt great to get after yeah. being away for almost two years. They handed out those cups of Kool-Aid on uh, entry there. And, uh, <laughs> well, they, well it. it's funny you say that. The, the viral marketing for the return of Bray Wyatt continued for the people in line. As there okay. were uh, extras dressed as white rabbits uh-huh. walking around the arena. A lot of Justin handing- Gabriels. <laughs> yes. Uh, and they were handing out like sheets of paper that said like abandon all hope, all ye who enter and, mm-hmm. and that sort of mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they were laying it on thick as they have yeah. been this whole time. But uh, to to in case you haven't seen the video uh, or if you started to watch the video and went, this is taking too fucking long. 
uh, I'll, I'll give you the, the beats of what exactly happened. Yeah. Lights go out. Michael Cole says to Corey Graves, are, are we still on air? Are we still yeah. on air? Which, tip of the hat. I don't often give a tip of the hat to Michael Cole here. I want to give a tip of the hat. This was so far removed from the standard Michael Cole. Yeah. Is it? Could it be? Oh, my. It is bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it felt like a real person was in the booth in that moment. Yeah, I'll um, give him an honorary Emmy for that acting job there. Sure. Uh, so then they had the the spooky singing of he's got the whole world in his hands. I assume it was Bray uh, singing it. But that went on for like two minutes, eight verses. Easily. Yeah. Yeah. Like you could have gotten two or three. Uh, two minutes is an eternity when nothing else is fucking happening. Like the whole segment went like eight minutes, which yeah. was definitely six too many uh, for for what it ended up being. Right. Uh, so. They they shoot um, different spotlights in the crowd, and there's people dressed up as as different uh, Firefly Funhouse characters, uh, you know the the pig and the buzzard and all that. Then there's someone in the front row dressed like the fiend. Uh-huh. Then a video plays, and it's uh, footage of a uh, dilapidated version of the Firefly Funhouse. With, you know, a slowed down, mixed and screwed version mm-hmm. of the Firefly Funhouse theme playing. And then there's this door that is set up in the entryway. The door opens. There's a big bright light. Again, crowd is losing their fucking mind through all of this. Bray steps out wearing a new and different mask. He's holding up his lantern. He takes off the mask. I believe he says, I'm here, but you can't really hear it because, again, the crowd's losing their fucking mind. Uh, he blows out the, uh, the, the lantern, <laughs> which, again, still doesn't make sense all these years later. Then we get the old Bray Wyatt, uh, funky, weird Al accordion <laughs> transition. Ah! And that's it. Like, they show a new logo, which is like an upside-down, uh, uh, not butterfly, uh, moth. moth. Um, yeah. So, you know, he's got... <laughs> he's so Marty DeMarc Martinez is coming in? <laughs> he's going to get a, a tersely worded letter from the fine folks who... Uh, who <laughs> Distributed uh, Silence of the Lambs? Silence of the Lambs, yes. Yeah. Uh, but that was it. going to call really angry. <laughs> but that, that was the entire segment. Uh, so after all of this time, all of these teases of... You know, 923, 923. Oh, here are the coordinates of where Raw is going to be. Oh, here's an indication of where SmackDown's going to be. And here's where Raw is going to be. And here's Smack, you know, all of the games, everything else. Yes, we got the debut, return, whatever you want to call it, of Bray Wyatt, this new era of Bray, because clearly new mask, new character in WWE. But. No focus, no, no no funnel, no indication of what happens next. Yes, was this probably to make you go, oh, man, I got to watch Raw on Monday. I got to see where Bray goes. But for me, as effective as the visuals were and as uh, clearly stoked the live audience was, 
that they had all of this buildup, all of all of this tension, that the the release was not to another explosive moment, but just to well, he's here. That feels like what my main problem has been with the Levesque era thus far. Yeah, here's this toy that we used to have that we threw away and then dug to the bottom of the pile and got back. And here he is again, all shiny and new. Yeah. And OK, here he is. Yeah. Well, fucking now what? I, I mean, you, you can just run down the list of 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 people, you know, you're you're carrying crosses. OK, carrying cross uh, beat Drew McIntyre last night. Match was OK. Basically, for me, solidifies that he's going to be a could have been, should have been, never was type guy. He Mid-card just doesn't shock. have it. No. Uh, and, and and it's been talked about enough times. With his hair now, he just looks like even more of, of a B-list guy. Yeah. Uh, All that's beautiful, baby. <laughs> and then you've got uh, Johnny Gargano, Braun Strowman. I mean, fuck, they did a video package on SmackDown on Friday for Sarah Logan coming back. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. At a point, it just turns into... Hey, guys, you know who we fired? Well, we're paying them again. You're welcome. Like, yeah. it, it feels very masturbatory. And, well, and <laughs> it's WWE. And I recognize that you can sit here and say, well, didn't AEW do the same thing? Didn't AEW bring in all of these people? Yeah, I, I completely agree. Yeah, but Tony Khan didn't fire them in the first place. Well, A, Tony Khan didn't fire them in the first place. But B, you could talk about long term how some of these have or have not played out. Sure. But in the short term, almost every single one of these people is like, oh, my, is it? And then it's so-and-so. You're Daniel Bryan's. Uh, Brian Danielson, your Adam Coles, mm-hmm. your Sting, uh, Sting your Swerves, your Keith yeah. Lees. Even your Ruby Soho's. Yeah. They showed up. They had a point. They had a purpose. Mm-hmm. And the, the closest comparison I can think of directly to Bray Wyatt in terms of an AEW level debut is CM Punk. But here's the thing that I think is so different about the Wyatt return and the Punk debut in AEW. With Punk, they teased it. Once they said, hey, we're having this big episode of Rampage. It's going to be called the first dance. Darby did a promo where he said, you know what? I want a piece of the best in the world. Never said CM Punk. Right. And they just let you believe in them that they would deliver. Yeah, they didn't throw up stupid QR codes. They didn't make people uh, go digging online and do yeah. research. Like it was a fucking like high school project to to <laughs> get fucking clues as to what and when whatever this dipshit was going to come back. Um, and that is, uh, I am not a fan of homework. And um, <laughs> you know, aside from you know googling somebody who might show up on a show, which you know I follow wrestling well enough uh to know if somebody's popping up on an aew show there's probably a name i've heard before so i don't have to google to find out who they are but that's always been the argument right. for the uh the kool-aid drinkers over at wwe the wwe stands um i got off track what was i talking about uh well homework yes. homework sucks yes yes uh down with homework uh <laughs> but there it is uh 
the the thing is when punk debuted in AEW uh-huh. they got their pop yeah. they got their moment and immediately Darby Allen I want to go against you yeah so we've had uh what 3 4 weeks of build up at least this, to this Bray Wyatt return it was after a match yeah it was after Riddle and Rollins Mm-hmm. This was not sent in the direction of either man. And honestly, you don't want to do Rollins and Bray Wyatt again. God, no. Maybe ever. So, what the fuck do you do with him? Again, I, I recognize people can can very clearly point out and say, well, it's to get you to watch Raw on Monday. Yeah. At a point, you can't keep stringing us along. How much more effective would that return have been is if he did that and attacked someone or instead of him dragging his damn lantern, he's dragging, I don't know, Edge. I mean, yeah, Edge would be feuding with spooky dudes again. And yes, he just lost to to Finn Balor. But it's like, okay, here's something. Here's the next. Or what if he had, uh, you know the the lantern in one hand and the head of roman reigns you know the faux head of roman reigns in another Ooh, that's like way too soon but yeah i know i get you but, the, but for it's the impact something. of yeah it it is it is an indication that says here is the peak and here is where we're going sure but and this may come as a shock. It's actually coming as a shock to myself that I'm going to say this. I'm going to devil's advocate here. And it's something that we've been critical of AEW about in not letting things breathe. And letting this debut or return just be a return clearly was effective because the crowd lost their fucking minds. Twitter exploded. Uh, it's all over any kind of wrestling social media. You see Reddit. If you're in any uh, wrestling groups on Facebook, they're all there. Um, sure. I, I would I would argue that this particular one didn't need that right now because it kind of stood on its own. Um, and I, I can't believe I'm fucking saying this because uh, I – did not care for it, nor do I want to see him back. I'm not going to watch anyway because I'm not watching now. But you know, just uh, to devil's advocate, there, you know, it it was it was a big enough thing. Like, you know, you can't compare this to Cross showing up with a fucking um, hourglass and his you know spooky slutty wife. Um, you know, that's not gonna. <laughs> As the, you know, you can't compare those two together. That's apples and oranges. But this yeah. one, you know, after all the all the teases, the crowd was in a fervor for it. And then, you know, they got the payoff. They got the, you know, the God pop, like you said, which. All right. I mean, I gave myself a migraine uh, with rolling my eyes so hard as I was going through Twitter last night at 11 o'clock. But that's that's just me. This him. His whole presentation is not my uh, not my cup of tea. I mean, look at how much I've motherfucked the Undertaker over the years, and this is right, just uh, right. this it's, is just it's, the it's new Undertaker twenty twenty two. Right? Yeah, it's, it's millennial Undertaker, um, and you know, it's not for me. But people seem to fucking dig it. So yeah. you know, whatever. Uh, I'm sure the ratings on Monday will do okay. I mean, it's still going against Monday Night Football, so they're not going to pull in numbers like they were before. But uh, you know, they'll probably be better than last week. With just people um, curious as to, 
you know, his intentions. Uh, sure. Does he have anybody, you know, uh, in, in a cult or, you know, are there people, are there wrestlers that we may know under those masks? Um, is that going to be a thing? Are they going to be right, recurring right. characters or was that just for this bit? Um, you know, what will the normal entrance look like? You know, there's there's a lot of questions that people would want to be asked. Uh, I am not one of those people because I, again, give zero fucks about this guy. Yeah. But uh, if you do, good on you and I'm happy for you, I guess. Um, you know. Maybe he's I hope he's getting a lot of money. Um, just, Absolutely. You know, you know, if you're going to put all this ridiculous work in this stupid gimmick, at least you might as well get paid for it. Yeah. Yeah. If, if you're going to give all the hoopla to it, might as well pay it off. And and as always, uh, though, we may sound negative. Uh, I, I think I can speak for both Chris and I when I say our want is for this to end up good. <laughs> I mean, you know, sure. And I, and I, there's certainly a greater chance of it being good under the Paul Levesque regime than under the Vince McMahon regime. Uh, I don't know, man. It's I feel like part of the reason – I don't know. I, I have zero basis in this. Sure. But if I were Mr. Rotundo, uh, IRS Jr., I would have been like, hey, you know, I'm not coming back for less than X amount of money and this amount of creative control. And, you know, I feel like if unchecked – this guy's creative control uh, can really be uh, bad for the product. Well, so fair. You know. Well, uh, just to run down uh, the the results from Extreme Rules, uh, the opening match was uh, said to be the best match of the night. Shock of shocks, the brawling brutes of Sheamus, Ridge Holland, and Butch, aka oh, yeah. Dunn, uh, going against Imperium, Gunther, Ludwig Kaiser, and Giovanni Vici. Um, and, uh, it was the good old fashioned Donnie Brook in case you're wondering what that means is they had barrels and bar tops set up around the ring. Uh, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't matter because they were there shillelaghs around the ring. too. uh, The shillelagh did uh, get involved. They (laughs) broke one. Uh, and I'm pretty sure Michael Cole almost died because, uh, part of it shattered and flew in his direction. Oh, Uh, fun. Yeah. Uh, but they beat the shit out of each other, which ruled. Uh, so, so there was that. Uh, there was a show long storyline where uh, the Miz was uh, being tortured by Gritty. Uh, okay. And surprise, surprise, it ended Dexter with Loomis Dexter Loomis, Loomis the, yeah, uh, choking out uh, the Miz. Uh, as you mentioned, Ronda Rousey defeated Liv Morgan in a match that uh, was very bad. Mm-hmm. Um, Carrying Cross defeated Drew McIntyre, which was okay. Uh, you know. It, Did you watch the show? Uh, no, no, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm running down, uh, the, the general okay. response Just curious. so far. I mean, no. I wouldn't be judging I, you if you were, I, 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 I will actually talk about where I was last evening in, in just a moment. Ah. Uh, so, uh, Bianca Belair defeated Bailey in a ladder match. Okay. Uh, word, it was pretty darn good, but Bailey, because she's just coming back from a knee injury, yeah. uh, decided to, to not take some super crazy bumps sure. and, you know, like if she was falling off the ladder, she fell from like halfway down the ladder as opposed right. to the top. Which, hey, smart. Uh, work smart, not hard. Uh, Finn Balor defeated Edge in a nine quit match, which ran 30 fucking minutes. Jesus. Uh, the finish was uh, Rhea was uh, going to hit uh, Beth Phoenix with a concerto. Okay. So uh, Edge said, okay, okay, I quit. Have we gotten a Beth Phoenix uh, Rhea Ripley match out of this whole thing? Uh, uh, not yet, but uh, I'm sure it's coming because. Uh, so will I be. Because. Uh, Rhea ended up hitting Beth with the concerto anyway. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Of course. Sure. Um, and then Matt Riddle defeated Seth Rollins in the fight pit. 
I think it was a different fight pit than the one they used previously uh, in NXT because okay. I was looking at photos and clips from it and it looked bigger, but it may just be the way that they shot it. Um, yeah. Well, they also had like LED panels on the top for that. Uh, the camera facing down sort of thing. Too. Right. Right. Um, also <laughs> looked like an old tube TV tube TV. Yes. Uh, Riddle did the old uh, Jeff Hardy splash off the top thing, mm-hmm. uh, which looked like it absolutely sucked to take. Yep. I did so, see a clip of that uh, for both of them. Yeah. Probably Seth Moore actually. Yeah. Uh, but uh, that 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 happened there. Also, in the world of WWE this week, uh, we got the uh, main roster debut uh, debut of El Legado del Fantasma. Yeah, good for them. As uh, Santos Escobar, Joaquin Wilde, and <clears throat> Cruz del Toro made their main roster debut, uh, they now have Zelina Vega with them. Okay, I will say they make a very strong visual as a group. I, I mean, they looked awesome, you know, in in NXT, but like them plus Vega is a good look. Yeah, but I mean, um, Santos Escobar doesn't really need a mouthpiece, to my recollection. I mean, he was okay oh, as King Cuerno in uh, yeah. in Lucha, and what I saw of him as I was winding down my time watching NXT was like, okay, this guy can uh, can hold a mic and sound Absolutely. competent, and and he sounded competent on Friday. It's just you know, I, I I think it's cool that that they're like trying to give him that extra little oomph. Um, so are which, they already feuding with Hit Row, or is that to come? <laughs> uh, I, I assume it's to come. Okay. I assume it's to come. Uh, also, they shook up the commentary teams because Pat McAfee is uh, locked into college game day for the next few months. Uh, okay. I was wondering why he was not doing commentary anymore because, yes. you know, I kind of he, – he grew on me. Yeah, yeah. No, he the, – the thing about Pat McAfee for his um, – I guess controversial as he is as a commentator – He's actually enthusiastic, like regardless of how you feel about the content of what he's saying, he's real like Mm -hmm. that. That dude is having a fucking ball doing pro wrestling commentary. And uh, I have something fall on my desk here. Yeah, Uh, he's having a ball doing pro wrestling commentary and it it always feels legit. So, um, you know. No judgment there, but uh, R.I.P. Jimmy Smith. Yeah, Jimmy Smith. Uh, his cup of coffee in the WWE is done, uh, and the new teams uh, for SmackDown. It's Michael Cole and Wade Barrett. Wade Barrett replacing Pat McAfee. Is he still going by Wade Barrett, or is he Stu Bennett now? Uh, Wade Barrett. Okay, is what they're calling him. Um, Raw is going to be Kevin Patrick, who had been a backstage uh, interviewer. Uh, see the Irish guy? Yes, I was going to say, he's turbo Irish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, it's going to be him and Corey Graves. Uh, then for which show? Uh, for Raw. Yeah. Ooh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, good luck that to is those a choice. guys. NXT, a I know you're going to love this, Chris. NXT. Mara Ronaldo. Vic Joseph and Booker T. Jesus fucking Shucky Christ. ducky. Quack. Whack. Well, congratulations, Paul. Uh, you've uh, you solidified that I'll never watch NXT again. Yes. Uh, and uh, pay-per-views as seen last night. It's going to be Michael Cole and Corey Graves hosting those. Sorry, premium live events. Yes. Uh, also, there have been some changes for uh, backstage interviewers. Kathy Kelly is back. Hey, she actually looks different than all the other uh, brunettes back there. Yes. So uh, she will be the backstage interviewer for Raw. Byron Saxton will also be doing backstage interviews. Oh, he Byron was on commentary and he got demoted here. Uh, I like Byron. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Kayla Braxton and Megan Morant 
who is who is Bizarro Renee Young, uh, will be ah. SmackDown backstage interviewers. Um, okay. Yeah, so that's uh, that. That's the shakeup there. Uh, Jimmy Smith, of course, let go. Also, let go in all of this. Officially, Nigel McGuinness, who had been uh, stuck Sad doing face. NXT UK commentary. I just hope for uh, Nigel and uh, us that Tony Khan isn't going. Well, you know, you were really good at Ring of Honor, and I'd love to have you join our roster here, um, because we 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 don't need that. I wouldn't be surprised if he brought him in for an, a non-super physical angle with Jericho over this whole, you know, dishonor uh, thing, that, going through maybe. all the Ring of Honor champions. That's a maybe. That that I might be okay with. But yeah, as long uh, as he's not, you know, anything head-related, I think yeah. we might be okay. And we already have a really good commentary team in Caprice and, and Ian Riccoboni. Plus, also, Ring of Honor doesn't have their own show. This is true. Which is this a is point true. I'm going to make... A bit of a talk problem. about AEW this bit week. Bit of a problem. So very quickly, yeah, uh, I wanted to transition and talk about where my whereabouts were last evening. Yes, uh, last yeah, it evening. was 10 p.m. Do I know where my podcast co-host is? And the answer is no. Uh, I found myself in Silver Spring, Maryland. At, okay, uh, the Silver Spring Black Box Theater. As I took in the latest pro wrestling event from Flying V Fights. Okay. Uh, they were doing their uh, bow ties and black eyes show. Black uh, eyes. Black eyes show. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Thank you for really, really, really fun show. <laughs> okay. um, so basically, Flying V uh, is another of the East Coast feds that spun out of a lot of former Chikar Wrestle Factory people. Okay. Um, so uh, these were the people who were on the come up basically when Chikara uh, shut down sure. in 2020. Um, but. Uh, you know, really, really great young talent. But what I think is very interesting is, and uh, it'll make sense in a minute while I'm saying this, the makeup of the crowd is not a traditional pro wrestling crowd. Like there's definitely some people who know and get pro wrestling and, and know the chance and, and that sort of thing. Uh-huh. I don't want to say it's a hipster crowd, but you know, it's, it's a lot of people who uh, you would not be surprised to see at an auto bar show. Okay. Um, you know, a, a lot of dudes in button-down flannel shirts, uh, and and their uh, girlfriends who look like they really love libraries. Like it is, <laughs> it is that type of crowd. Uh, but what was really cool is because it's in a black box theater space. Uh-huh. It's an intimate show. Um, I want to say they drew maybe hundred, hundred and ten people, which for the room feels right. Mm-hmm. Um. It allowed like character work to play a lot better, right? Because like you could hear if there was conversation between the competitors in ring, yeah, you could hear it. So like they could play up their characters a bit more, and you know nobody was out there going like, "All right, we're gonna do our five star New Japan Classic match." Yeah, it, it it was a lot of basic pro wrestling, but it worked because of the intimacy of the show. Okay. You know, the the heels felt like the heels. The faces felt like the good guys that people want to get behind. Uh, there was a guy in the opening match who has my uh, my new favorite um, gimmick. Okay. Uh, <laughs> he's Pinoy Grigio. He's a Filipino wine enthusiast. <laughs> and his whole gimmick okay. 
was uh, drinking from and integrating his wine bottle into his offense. It was like a weird drunken master thing. Okay. Uh, but it was super fun and, and a super did silly Did he spray gimmick. any wine like mist? Uh, no, no. He did not do yeah. that, uh, probably because of some of the COVID restrictions that they had at the yeah. venue. Uh, but that uh, it, it's a very clever gimmick, and he figured out how to work it very, very well. Um, okay. But in terms of the, the rest of the makeup of talent, like I said, some, some extra car, also some people who you may have seen at uh, MCW shows and, and, and that sort of thing. Um, their top guy is Eel O'Neill, who has worked the ECWA Super 8 and um, is really like he's worked beyond wrestling and he's coming up in that regard. Uh, our old buddies in the air show, Razor Wing and his partner Mach 10 uh, were on the show. It, it was a really, really fun evening. Okay. Now. I say all of this because I'm going to throw out a roughhouse exclusive here, which is going to be made public very, very soon, which is on Friday night, December 2nd, Flying V Fights and Super Art Fight are teaming up for a combination Super Art Fight pro wrestling event. Look at this guy. I'm moving on up <laughs> to the bright box. Yeah, so uh, that'll be December second. I'd love to see some of the OG five thirty. Hell yeah, brother! Uh, at, at Paul, the show. get a plane ticket now. <laughs> uh, there'll be more information as it comes. Superartfight.com at superartfight at flying v theater flying v theater dot com. That's R E theater. He's a little um, gross up. <laughs> but uh yes yeah, so we we were there with ulterior motives because we had to check out the space and, and sure, figure out logistics yeah. and meet people in person who we've been having zoom meetings with for a few months um uh i shit you not uh you, i mean you know this chris but listener doesn't um it was literally during the meeting of all right so we're gonna do uh a, a, an event with a pro wrestling company that you're texting me telling me so Vince McMahon just announced he's retired. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah, so man. I would just like to say for the record, I scared Vince out of leaving pro wrestling. That's right. As soon as you enter the ring, literally. <laughs> there you go. But yes, uh really, really fun company. I mean, regardless of my now personal connection to it, it's a really fun company. It's a really fun show. Um if you are in the the Baltimore dc area and you can get to silver spring uh not only a is downtown silver spring a lot more popping than i thought it would be um but like the space is really cool and the event is really really fun and it it it, you know it doesn't feel like a traditional wrestling show by any means what's the location i've never been there what is the location um uh, to uh the fillmore which is the only place in silver spring i know it is across the street from the fillmore literally across the street. literally across the street from the okay fillmore. then i know exactly where it is yes so it's like <laughs> the fillmore there's the afi silver spring yep. Yep. it is right next to the afi gotcha so okay. yeah so it's it, it, it's right smack dab in the middle of downtown there's a shit ton of free parking it's it's yeah. a good spot and there's a really nice steakhouse at least there was years ago last one of the last times i went to fillmore i haven't been to many shows but uh yeah, yeah there's nice steakhouse on the same block as the Fillmore Silver Spring. I went there before I saw Ghost there. Uh, God, I was still working at the station at this point. So it had to be eight years ago. All right, uh, I, seven, eight years ago. I will have to look into that spot. Yeah, because, very, uh, very it good. seems like we're spending more time in that region. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the steak I, I actually remember the steak I got. It was I got a New York strip and had this um blue cheese black peppercorn cream sauce over top. Hell and it yeah. was too fucking die for. That that sounds fucking awesome. Yeah, it was great. Well, Let's go ahead and get into it. 
go through all four hours here. Uh, well, before we get into that, gotta hit this one. Here we go again! AEW had a backstage fight on Wednesday. <laughs> and I'll, I'll be honest, when all this started, I thought, oh, they're working an angle. Yeah. So Andrade El Idolo mm-hmm. did an interview with uh, a Spanish radio show mm-hmm. over the weekend. So last weekend, he did this interview, and uh, it wasn't the most well-heard or well-traveled show, but it got a translation, and some quotes came out of there. I mean, some there were certain ones which are uh, rumor killers. Uh, you know, they were talking about his want to get out of AEW and explained, you know, AEW, WWE, they each have their pros and cons. I, I think the schedule's better. Yeah. Yes, I would have liked more opportunities. Well, it was a very political answer. Sure. But, you know, there was that. But most notably, what came out was he said the only issue he had had in AEW was with Sammy Guevara. Yeah, he basically called him a little bitch for complaining that he hit him too hard in a match. Yes. And Johnny was like, look, I hit you too hard. You hit me a little too hard. Come on. Yeah. It's wrestling. It's pro wrestling, baby. Yeah. It, it, it's what we do. So this turned into just two hens clucking at each other on Twitter. Yeah, it wasn't It wasn't a very provocative or interesting Twitter back and forth between no, the two. It made both of them look like dipshits, if I'm honest. Well, to be fair, Sammy doesn't need any help looking like a dipshit. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he's he's already well set there. And Andrade doesn't have the best social media track record either. No, no, to be no, fair. no. Uh, and, and uh, I mean, I guess I should grade on a curve because this is a man who's trying to argue in his second language. But <laughs> well, uh, it, it, it was just dudes getting messy and fucking Sammy hopping on and being like, you're a jobber and you, you know, you're a jobber in WWE and you were uh, a fucking, what was it, a, a sympathy hire? What was, the, what was the term he used? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just was like. Pity hire or something. Pity hire or, or, or uh, something. Uh, pity hire. Pity hire. Yeah. Pity hire. Uh, yeah. It was just like. I understand we are in the post kayfabe era. God knows. I mean, the show I went to last night, everyone knows, like, okay, we need to cheer the face and boo the heel. Like, everyone knew their part. But you don't need to rub my fucking nose in it, man. Yeah, I mean, if it's building to something... Then a little light Twitter back and forth. I'm always for that's that's fine. See uh, Jay White and Eddie Kingston. Uh, yes. Jay White last night at New Japan Strong Show called out Eddie Kingston for a New Japan New York show, and Eddie yes. Kingston just like quote tweeted it and just laughed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's that's the kind of stuff I'm looking for. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't need I don't work need... your angle, but that's the thing. Work, work an angle. An angle. Don't yeah. just be like I'm shooting, brother. I mean, the only person in any of this that looked good. Was fucking Ricky Starks. <laughs> he, I mean, he was the master. Again, he doesn't need any help looking good. No, it's no, 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 no. It's natural. But yeah. he was the master of the tweet and delete this week. Yeah. But <laughs> him just hot on being like, can my coworkers just shut the fuck up for one week? <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty great. It was or, pretty or, great. or what was it? Hear me out. We hire Hudico. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, both of those were top notch right there. Yes. Yeah, Ricky yeah. is absolutely. Uh, and, and then the, the photo of him outside of some bar or restaurant looking fly as hell, clearly on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, no doubt. hundred percent, hundred percent. So, so the, the Twitter feud devolved into once, uh, both parties were at dynamite, there was an, apparently an altercation at the DC sports and event center, yes. uh, where depending on who you listen to, yeah. uh, Andrade, uh, swung or instigated the fight and Sammy was trying to defend himself. Uh, apparently, you know, again, according to which report you read, Sammy did not swing at all. Um, but it was mostly Andrade as the aggressor. Yes. Um, and then Andrade was sent home. His match was uh, booked for, I think, Rampage. Yes, or... it, was, it was supposed to be him versus 10, right. Mask versus AEW career because right. Tony Khan wanted to do a wink wink to the whole, you know, him rumor mill of, release. Yeah. Uh, of uh, Andrade wanting out. It comes and, into play in this whole thing, actually. Yes, because as as more details have come out, on Tuesday night, when everyone got into DC, yeah, apparently management sat down with both Sammy and Andrade separately, and were like, "Don't get into it with each other. Avoid each other backstage. You yeah. are not to fight each other." And it, and what was apparently made clear, in particular, to Andrade was, "If you get into a fight, we're not firing you. Right? We are sending you home. Yeah, you are not going to get out of your contract by fighting." <laughs> But Andrade apparently said fuck it and went for it anyway. Like, well, well, you know, again, if 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 I have beef with somebody and I'm explicitly told I'm not going to get fired for fighting them, fuck it, I'm fighting them, dude. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm suddenly Plus, if understanding I'm Andrade, a little bit more about Chris's time at 98 Rock, by the way. <laughs> if I'm Andrade, I have zero concern about Sammy Guevara whipping my ass. Okay, Fair. so I'm Fair. going for it. All right, it's just like why. Plus, if I, have, if I have Roosh in my corner, too, is all yeah. roided up and crazy, uh, uh, you know, crazy eyed, yes. uh, then, then, yeah, man, I'm, I'm rolling in there fucking like scrappy dude. Just like, let's go, bitch. Yeah. Put your dukes up. I, completely unnecessary. No one looks better for this. Uh, and well, uh, well and the other side of things yeah. is that Andrade got sent home. His yes. match got canceled. Yes. Sammy Guevara. His match still happened. And he got the pin. And he got the pin. Which, oh, well, that leads me to believe that the version of the story that Andrade just was like, fuck it, I'm going to punch Sammy in the face. And Sammy just like stood and took it. I think that's the word angle face and just stood there and just yeah, yeah, yeah. waited yeah. for the punch to come. Uh, I I believe that to be the tr- the true story. Uh, okay. That's that's fine. That also, considering story. Sammy had no marks on his face, I wonder if Andrade was throwing fucking worked punches. <laughs> okay, well, then. Here's here's the other side to this coin. Kenny Omega yeah. apparently had zero uh, fist. All he did in this uh, all-out brawl that happened yes. after the scrum or during the scrum, all he did was go in to get the uh, He tried Larry, to save the dog, the dog. And he got bit, but he still got suspended. Well, so, I, I believe that especially due to some some phrasing that's been going around, you know, wrestling Twitter and, and, and so on. I believe the reason why that the Bucks and Omega and Omega in particular are still in this limbo is because of potential lawsuit, potential lawsuit, which I wonder who is the yeah, one. Well, well if only one, one, one person up. involved in this had a proclivity towards suing people. Yeah. Uh, hmm. I don't hmm. know. Hmm. Yeah. And they're also not Best very good at fights. So yeah. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how that plays out. Um, I don't know. It just kind of seemed like a, a double standard. And it, sure. it, it, it seemed like 
Jericho pulling his, you know, swinging his dick around to say, no, you're not letting him go sort of thing. And Tony totally acquiesced. I've actually read that, that Jericho was the one who stuck up for Sammy in all of this. Of course, they're two peas in a fucking pod. They're troublesome. Right. (laughs) Multiple different ways. So that's a mess. Here's what I will say. I like Andrade a lot. Me too. I think he's very talented. He is. If they were to cut Andrade, it would effectively not change AEW all that much. No. He has not been the guy. He could have been. He could, well, yeah, he hasn't given the opportunity to be. He he absolutely could have been the guy. But he hasn't Has he had been. a single title match? Uh, I think maybe he went for the TNT. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe. I don't remember. I mean, yeah. he's not had many matches. Uh, that's true. Um, and he was stuck in the Cody-verse for a while. Yeah, a little good. Uh, again, if if they let him go, not a lot would be lost. I I basically would weep at the loss of potential. Sure. All these, yeah, dream matches that we still could get that haven't happened or wouldn't would not happen. Right. Um at the same time, I just I'm like, what between him and fucking uh Buddy and Malachi, where it's just like I know I signed a deal. I don't want to be here anymore. Like Yeah, brother, you, you signed the deal. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah. You made a commitment. It's a contract. Okay. Yeah. It, it works on both sides. Yes. All right. It's, it's, it protects them. It protects you. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not like this is an at will employment situation. Right. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't fucking. Oh, cause it's, so is the grass that much greener? We just were talking about like, okay, so cool. You're going to show up. You're going to get a pop. And then what? Yeah. Right. Which I know probably part of them is going, is it that different from what I have here? But <laughs> well, I mean, you know, Andrade's wife is there. Yes. Um. So there's that. Is she even active at the moment? She's I haven't not, heard her no. name. Okay. No. Is she injured again? Uh, I have no idea. I I assume she's being Dana Brooke right now. She just will... <laughs> just turned into a completely different person. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So maybe his wife won't be there. Yeah, she... I don't know. She's going <laughs> she's... to the Witsec. Okay. <laughs> she's, she's having her brain transplanted into a new body. <laughs> her name is now Mr. Thompson. Okay. She's living <laughs> in Cape. Uh, in uh, Cape. When Fair. Michael Cole stares at you and stops at your foot, <laughs> you cut your promo. Yeah. Uh, well, to, to just to you know to flip the flip the coin, would there be a seismic change in AEW if Sammy Guevara was let go? Th- there would be a noticeable. Um, absence, but I wouldn't call it a seismic change. The Jericho Appreciation Society already has five members too many. Uh, yes, um, yes, and it, he's, it, he's, he's he doesn't do anything better than anybody else on the fucking roster, especially at this point. If you yeah. want a flippy guy, you know you've you've got Ray Phoenix, you've got Dante Dante Martin, Martin you've got Matt Seidel, yeah, you, you know you've got many of them. If you need a young guy on the come up. You've got Yuta, you've got Garcia, Lee Moriarty. You got Lee Moriarty. Like there are people who for whom the trigger should be pulled. Dante Martin again. Dante Martin again. Yes. Uh, the only thing that I think would be um, messy about it is kind of no different than Cody's departure, where it's like this was someone it was built on. Yeah, but clearly the, didn't work out. Right, but the optics would be damaging. I don't think it would be that much. 
No, maybe you know, not long because term, but most, in the short most, term, it would be. Most of the problems with Sammy have not been in the ring. That's They've true. Been outside. That's of the true. So because this, this being is, a behavioral thing, then yeah. it's an issue. This is the second time this year, and at least the third we know about that right. he has been, you know, Enfant Terrible right. with AEW. Uh, you look at the the Kingston suspension for and, cutting a promo call yeah, of a fat and the comments about Sasha, Sasha Banks. Oh, oh, oh sorry. Uh, four overall. The Sasha Banks comments coming up. And also, I don't know if you remember this, uh, him going to Impact how he was supposed to have a storyline there and he rejected it day of. Oh yeah. I forgot about and that. And then impacting AEW management had to juggle a bunch of phone calls to figure out what the fuck to do now. Yeah. Because that was when he had, uh, you know, uh, he had f- feuded with MJF. He'd gotten kicked yeah. out of the inner circle and it was like, Oh, okay, well maybe we'll do a storyline where he builds himself back up and impact and then comes back right. in. No dice. Yeah. Um, so Yeah. How many how many more opportunities? I mean, it helps to have a Chris Jericho in your corner, but <laughs> after a while, does. it's fucking, you know, you got to, again, Tony, you got to be a boss. All right. right. Like a boss. Uh, on the other side of the coin, in terms of long-term AEW people, here is to John Moxley, who is having Here's the year of years. Yeah. Comes back at the beginning of this year from rehab, looking great, working great, has become the person who quite literally has put AEW on his back, uh, being interim champion during CM Punk's injury, emerging as champion once again, thanks to CM Punk's fuckery. Well, well, in between having no problem with doing the job of CM Punk. uh, Yes, indeed. And having some of the best matches week after week yeah. after week this year, well, Friday night it was announced that he has ch- signed a five-year contract extension with AEW. He'll be with AEW until 2027, which doesn't sound like a real year. Yeah, uh, and uh, he will work exclusively for AEW and its international partners, including New Japan Pro Wrestling, going forward. So uh, probably no more GCW for him, which makes uh, sense. After, he dropped the title last yeah, night. He dropped the Nick title Gage. last night thanks to uh, William Morrissey. Yeah, yeah, the firm getting their uh, getting their fingers in GCW here. Yes, uh, but uh, in addition to working for AEW, Moxley will be expanding his role in the company by mentoring and coaching talent. So he's now getting his his foot in the door behind the scenes. Yeah. Uh, which makes me wonder if maybe this was something Punk was doing officially, unofficially, uh, that, that you know, that such a role is open. Um, well, Punk talked a lot about, I think it was an unofficial sort of thing. He Punk, t- Punk talked a lot about, you know, yeah. people coming up to him and asking Punk to watch their match and, and give him some some pointers and stuff like that. And yeah. he seemed to be enjoying it, and which is partially why he took so much umbrage of people like Paige not coming to him asking for advice. Yeah. Um, which, what the fuck ever, man. Get over yourself. <laughs> but... But yeah, good for Mox. I mean, yeah. I, I got no no beef with uh, with John Mox. Uh, but what I found most interesting was uh, it had come out uh, last night uh, that Moxley's contract had actually expired weeks ago. Oh, did it? Yeah. So he had been a free agent for some time before he signed the extension, uh, which was made official on Friday. <laughs> wow, free agent as the champion, as the uh, champion. Yeah, that's, that, that's that a bold is, move, Tony. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, let's see how it plays out for him. Move. Uh, yeah, and there's also rumors that uh, Mrs. Mox, uh, yes. Miss One, uh, One Renee Paquette, uh, may be coming to AEW in some capacity at some point. Yeah, uh, that came out of the WWE camp as they were shock of shocks trying to get back someone who they had lost. Well, I mean, she's definitely one that. Oh no, she is top of the list. She is fantastic. Um, in fact, I will say I'm surprised. I mean, yes, she has. Her podcast, which got picked yep. up by a, a bigger network. Oh, did it? Uh, uh, it's uh, Colin Coward's network. Uh, okay. Uh, Cowherd's network. Um, she's got a radio show on Sirius XM, uh, and she's now actually doing a podcast and video content for the Cincinnati Bengals. Oh, nice. Um, but I'm they su- moved back to Ohio, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Uh, but I'm surprised that she had not been picked up for something bigger. I know Mox had joked, but legitimately I could have seen it, about her sort of putting her foot in the door for things like being on the Today Show or yeah. you know that sort of similar morning talk situation. Hell, ESPN was scouting her openly during her WWE year. So I'm very surprised she didn't land somewhere like that. Uh, I'm not going to say AEW is a step down. Um, it, it just seems like more of a lateral move. It probably has something to do with schedule and being there for the baby. Yeah, that's true. If, that's if true. I had to guess. Uh, it's probably easier to also work multiple gigs that don't have a set schedule. Sure. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. That, that makes sense, but happy for the uh, the good the, family. Yeah, the, the, the Monxes. The Monxes. <laughs> but uh, AEW, as mentioned, was in our backyard this week. Uh, two shows. Those are uh, neighbors' backyard behind the st- down the street. Yes, that's <laughs> true. That's true. We're not in Baltimore. That's in November. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it was the third anniversary week for AEW on television, and we kicked off big with MJF versus Wheeler Yuta. Holy shit! This match ruled, Chris. MJF looks fucking great. Oh my god, Jesus! Yeah, dude's gotten yoked. Dude put the time in on his uh, on his sabbatical for yes. sure. Yeah, he he did not just wait. <laughs> no. Uh, no. That that dude got absolutely ripped. But uh, he and Yuta put on like a fucking clinic on yep. Monday or not Monday Wednesday. Yeah, uh, just really really solid face heel match. Uh, Yuta. Though he lost, it was definitely an elevational loss. Right. Um, There's no way Yuta was beating MJF here. Especially right now. Yeah. Um, but I, I thought I thought this match was great. Uh, the DC crowd was losing their fucking mind for it, yeah. uh, including, shout out, one of my favorite spots I don't see people do enough anymore, the double clothesline double down. Yeah. It looked so good because when they hit it, they did the version where, like, they kind of hang and spin. Mm-hmm. Ah. I, 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 there are some exchanges in wrestling which are so simplistic, but when they're done perfectly, they're like the yeah. best thing ever. That's, That's one right. of them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, loved this match. Uh, Post match, uh, Wheeler Yuta offered a handshake to MJF. Uh, MJF was considering it, but Lee Moriarty jumped out from the crowd and attacked Wheeler Yuta. If you're telling me we're getting Moriarty and Yuta as a feud, fuck yes. Uh, sure. MJF was mad saying, Hey, 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 I didn't, I didn't ask for that. Whatever. Uh, Stokely Hathaway appeared, gave MJF the dynamite diamond ring. So he would hit Yuta, but Regal steps out from commentary with the brass knocks, the power of the punch making yeah. its, uh, first appearance in AEW, uh, MJF, uh, Stoke and, and, uh, Lee Moriarty all, uh, run like scalded dogs. And, uh, that, that was the segment. I'm pretty confident that 
Regal's going to get busted open in a segment by, if not MJF, then MJF and the firm. Sure. Yeah. I'm sure he's fine with it, too. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it won't be super physical. It'll be like, they'll cut to the back and he's on the floor bleeding yeah. or whatever. But uh, that that is how you get to MJF Mox, and that's how you make it a fucking grudge match. Yep. Um, Darby Allen defeated Jay Lethal. I've said it once. I said it a thousand times. I will continue saying it. Why, Jay Lethal? I, I don't have an answer for you, man. I don't. He is the most creative wrestler wrestler of all time. <laughs> Everything he does looks good and fine, but the, it, it's just there's nothing there. I just don't care. Yeah. And again, I didn't think he was going to beat Darby Allen here. Yeah. Uh, Darby ends up winning. Uh, and then he offers his hand to Jay Lethal, who uh, was thinking about shaking the hand, looked to Sanjay Dutt and uh, Singh, who are on the outside. Lethal did shake the hand. Mm-hmm. So I guess maybe a face turn from uh, Jay Lethal. But he's still this... left with uh, the goobers. Yes. If this assholes. means we are getting a Lethal Sotnam Singh feud, please, for the love of God, just put it on dark so I don't need to watch it. Yeah, put a bullet in my head first. Yeah, uh, no, no good. Um, the ma- again, the match was fine, but there are so many people. Like we were just motherfucking Sammy. There are so many people who could be in Jay Lethal's spot. Yeah, I, 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 I don't I, care I don't to see Jay Lethal. It. Yeah, glad Darby won though. When I when I saw this get uh, announced, I was definitely worried that Darby was going to be eating the pin. Yeah. Um. We had Wardlow versus Brian Cage to retain the TNT championship. This was super fucking fun as the beefy yeah. boys decide to fuck it. We can get flippy too. Yeah, yeah. Cage showed up. He put in a good performance. Yeah. Wardlow always a stud. So, and, and I was happy that uh, uh, Prince Nana was out there. Yeah, love seeing Prince Nana out there. And um, the, the gates of agony got involved as well. I'm I'm happy that Wardlow's still super over. Actually, yes, I was a little yeah. worried that he had cooled, but man, this, this was definitely the match that Wardlow needed. Yeah, no doubt. However, post match, Gates of Agony run out. They attack Wardlow, and then out comes Joey Samoe, and then they're outnumbered four on two. FTR's music hits. They come out. A problem that I had with this, and a problem that I had that that went on through Rampage and Battle of the Belts, you've got my, you got your Ring of Honor in my AEW. Exactly. <laughs> it's bad enough that we had two segments that ended with fucking handshake ordeals. Yeah. And I get like Jericho's Ring of Honor champion, and Tony's trying to get like a, a you know a, a deal for Ring of Honor, and and all of these things. If I wanted to watch Ring of Honor, I would have watched Ring of Honor. Yeah. No, I don't disagree, man. And, you know, I was talking with this um, with uh, my buddy Mark the other day. Had a happy hour. What's up, dude? Um, So we there are already too many titles in AEW. And you throw in all the fucking titles that are in Ring of Honor in there as well. Yeah. And everybody's got a fucking title belt. Remember when it looked like they were not going to bring all the belts? It's like, oh, okay, they'll have the pure... Yeah. They'll have the world. They'll have the tag. The tag. No, no. Yeah. We need the women's. We, got we need trios. the TV. And we yeah. need the fucking six man. Yeah. Like, fucking why? No. You don't have a show, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Bring them back later. It's too goddamn much. <clears throat> we had uh, six woman tag. Tony Storm, Athena, and Willow Nightingale going against Jamie Hayter, Serena Deeb, and Penelope Ford. This was fun. 
I will get the match. pin. Yeah, which yeah. was pretty dope. Justin Schlegel be damned. Uh, if you haven't listened to last week's Schlegel soapbox yeah. on the Patreon, five dollar tier. Uh, Justin Schlegel not a fan of Willow Nightingale, but uh, both. Uh, and I think I speak for Marty here. We're yeah. both big fans. And yeah, happy to see her get uh, some big play here. Hopefully, she gets that graphic, that all the graphic soon, because I'm not sure she's. You know. Yeah, I don't know what's going on there. I, I would assume she's. If she's not signed, she's probably on one of the higher rate per yeah uh, per appearance deals. But uh, she's awesome, uh, and, and this match is very good. But it, it, you know, it's it's all to play into Britt Baker and Soraya yeah. having a, a, a to do. They actually brawled. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Soraya. Uh, Soraya apparently is actually uh, cleared now. So that'll be a match that we have yeah. to watch at some point. Which, of course, led the WWE trolls to say that Doc Sampson is a hack because he cleared Paige when WWE doctors wouldn't. So I was like, yeah. this he was the WWE doctor <laughs> for yes. a really fucking long time. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, also saved Jerry Lawler's life, life on yeah. Monday Night Raw one time. He, he so did. he did. Not a hack. Okay. Yes. Uh, National Scissoring Day was on Wednesday night. Wow. Okay. So. I am going to foot and mouth here because we at length talked about sick talking segments going too long. Yeah. This one did not like yeah. it, it was long. Yes. But it was not too long because, because the crowd ate every yes. single bit up. And maybe it's just the appearance of having Billy Gunn there. But this felt like a DX 1999 segment. All the signs, all of the crowd yeah. participation. All of it. It did. It worked. It super worked. Well. Bowens was immaculate on Wednesday. I mean, he was doing, the, and they're in DC. He's doing a politician type speech. He's got yes. the, the pulpit. The only, the only complaint is the microphone was not high enough. Everybody had to crouch over for yeah. the mic to pick them up. That's the yeah. only, only note I have about this segment. Um, but yeah, uh, he, he was great. Billy Gunn doing daddy ass, doing uh, daddy ass things, just hyping yes. everything up. He's it's such a weird. If you would have told me last year that the acclaimed Billy Gunn would be the most over thing on the show, I would have laughed in your face. But here we are. And it works so damn well. Very, very well. Uh, and Swerve coming down. Just be like, nah, this is fucking dumb. I don't care for any of this. <laughs> I don't like you guys. You're yeah. all garbage. Fuck you. Loved it. Swerve. Billy Gunn, I'm going to kick your ass next week. Let's yeah. go. He'll swerve rules. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> because that it's, fuck. it's a justified heel. Like he yeah. he doesn't come off like, oh, I'm a bad guy. He's like, nah, this is fucking dumb. This is and a waste of fair, time. He got cheated out of his titles. Yes. I mean, you know, the good guys cheated and went beat the heels. And, you know, the heel's supposed to be, you know, he's like you said, he, he's Raylan Givens right now. He's justified. Yeah. It was I love that. Thank you. <laughs> but what, you know what else I loved, Chris? What's that? The way they ended the segment, which was the essay said, okay, it's going to be Swerve versus Daddy Ass next yeah. week in Toronto. But here comes Mark Sterling. Yeah, oh yeah. Being like, hey guys, remember how I was trying to get Swerve kicked out of AEW? Yeah, I got your back. Let's do this. <laughs> I loved that. I'm like, he's wearing a pink suit. Yeah. I was just like, oh my God, someone remembers their own continuity. I don't right. know if there was someone who was just like a little too smart backstage or like fucking Sterling, like yeah. hopped up in the production. He's like, uh, I should be in the segment. Yeah. It also led to the, the fun bit because Swerve in his promo, he had a rock in his hand and he said, rock beats scissors any day. Yeah. 
Durling had this throwaway, and he's like, hey, Swerve, don't forget, paper covers rock. Yep. <laughs> yep. Hold up his petition. Then he also said, uh, what did he say? Or did he, he said something about, um, uh, what was the phrase that sounded like gonorrhea? Was that on the, Rampage or was that I, on I, I uh, think that was on Dynamite. Rampage. I think it was okay. on Rampage. Right. Oh, yeah, because it ca- came after the, the Scissor Me Timbers. Yes. Uh, yeah. But uh, he, he said uh, he wanted everyone to scissor him, which yeah. also uh, fucking gold. Yeah. Um, but uh, he got beat up for his troubles and then uh, the acclaimed did the three-way scissor with uh, Billy Gunn. Yep. And, and everyone lost their mind. Yep. It was exactly what it needed to be. Just what I wanted. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Not uh, to mention Tony Khan going to Variety and doing an interview talking about National Scissoring Day. Yes, the fucking Variety magazine. Uh, which... I loved this because, uh, so I'm I'm part uh, because I'm that level of nerd. I am part of a uh, Slack community for a movie podcast I listen to. Okay. So a lot of people there like v- read Variety and Hollywood yeah, Reporter yeah, yeah. and all that shit, and someone just like, what the fuck is what? this? <laughs> And then you're like, <laughs> well, shine. you see the thing about, <laughs> I don't know why I turned into Bill Cosby for a second. It's like, here's the thing, Cap. I'm always angry. And then you just, you know, punch your keyboard and uh, right. 1500 word dissertation on scissoring <laughs> in pro wrestling. I love it. Hangman defeated Roosh. This was awesome. Yeah, those guys beat the shit out of each other. Yeah, I like it. I mean, they absolute piss out of each other. Yeah. Uh, it ruled, but what ruled even more afterwards was the post-match promo. So after the match, because Hangman Page won, because he's building up to his match with John Moxley on the yeah. 18th, Private Party comes to the ring. Moxley shows up for the crowd and just shakes his head no. And that <laughs> sends Private Party on their way. Yep. So Mox cuts this promo, and he's like, we've been here three years. I've been waiting for this match, because they haven't done it. Yeah. These are two of the top guys at AEW. They've never had a match. And he's like, we've beaten almost everybody except for each other. So here's what's going to happen. I'm going to show up to my hometown arena. I'm going to choke you out till you turn blue. Yeah, I respect you. But once the bell rings, I respect nobody. Mox goes to leave after just absolutely motherfucking Paige. And Paige is like, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Why do we need to wait three weeks? Why don't we fight fucking yeah. now? And I was like, hell Yeah. There's yeah. that killer instinct killer uh, uh, version of Hangman Page that I love. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, let's, let's fucking do this. And then Mox perfectly. Just schools him. Yeah. <laughs> you're a sweet kid, but like a lot of kids around here, your mouth gets you in trouble. So I'm going to let you off the hook this once. Yeah. I'll see you on the 18th. <laughs> Perfect. It was like he was Perfect. in detention, just getting talked down to by his principal or something. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely Perfect. Um, less perfect though, uh, Luchasaurus and Fuego del Sol. I mean, the match well, was mercifully short, so yeah, choke slam, burning hammer. Seconds. We yeah. all go home. So then, Jungle Boy hits the ring with a chair. Christian holds back Luchasaurus. Jungle Boy starts talking about how you know, Luchasaurus is my best friend, you broke my heart, and oh, and you know, next week, we're going kid. against each other, they're gonna be in Canada. Jungle Boy is fucked on Wednesday. He's getting murdered. He might legit die in the ring. Well, it's not just that. That Toronto crowd is going to give oh, approximately yeah. 
zero fucks. They're going to give negative fucks. About Jungle Boy. Because yeah. Christian's going to be the returning hometown hero. I mean, yeah, yeah, Christian's the heel here. Right. But he's, unless they somehow bring Omega back on Wednesday, he's like probably the most local guy that they're going to have on the show. I mean, yeah, Jericho too, but. He's from Winnipeg. <sighs> it's a couple provinces over. He, right. Jungle Boy's fucked. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. He, he is totally fucked. They uh, are referring to him as Jungle Boy Jack Perry now with Jungle yes. Boy in parentheses. So they're, they're weaning it out. Yes. So, yeah. you know, maybe at this point they'll. Maybe they'll uh, cut his hair. Tony Khan will um, will get rid of the Baltimore and license some, you know, My Chemical Romance or Falling in Reverse. Oh, wait. No, they're already being used for Page. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. whatever. Yeah, less some, money some other to, emo uh, band, to know, uh, uh, absolutely horrible turf piece of shit. Um, then the main event, which ran past the top of the hour because he got an extra 15 minutes, was Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara against uh, Brian Danielson uh, and Daniel Garcia. Match was good. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Not great. Very good, though. Uh, they didn't even tease that Garcia might jump Danielson because no. Danielson was in from the beginning. Um, you know, I mean, I, I don't know what to say other than it was it was pretty damn good. Danielson uh, took a rough bump into the table, too. He did. He did. He he absolutely ate the fucking table there. Uh, what was surprising was, of course, uh, Sammy Guevara getting the pin. Yes, Garcia got hit with the Ring of Honor title. Yeah. Uh, but still, uh, definitely a surprise. And it was noticeable that something was coming when Daniel Garcia changed the position of his attempted pin on Sammy Guevara yes. so he could yes. get yanked out of the ring. I was like, oh, come yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, that's that, that, that's a little bit of uh, fit and finish type stuff. Yeah. That that needs to get cleared up. But um, it, it built well to Jericho Danielson. Uh, I... It, I did kind of like Jericho having a look of regret of having to put Garcia down like that uh, post-match. I, I, I liked that. Um, but it's definitely weird that here we are, you know, three years into and I'm sure part of it's because the Bucks and Omega and Punk are all gone and, and what have you. The main event of the third year anniversary Dynamite was Gravara and Jericho against Danielson and Garcia with the Ring of Honor title in the mix. Like, a little weird. Yeah. Pretty weird. Pretty weird. Then on Friday, it was live. It was. The show we had been waiting on. Yeah. Rampage. Uh, very hot crowd, especially for the opener, as it was uh, the Blackpool Combat Club trio of John Moxley. Claudio Casagnoli and Wheeler Yuta against Yutes. the LFI trio of Roosh and Private Party. Very, very good match. Super yeah. fun brawl. Yeah, Claudio Everyone was is super an absolute beast. Claudio is insane. I could watch Claudio do crazy strength spots against Private Party all day, every day. Yeah, uh, 100%. Super fun. Look it into my veins. It, it was definitely, though, the sort of house show classic of sure. like. Everybody gets some fun heat in. Everybody gets some fun spots in, and you know we'll just wrap it up. And that was the uh, with the short arm scissors variation from Yuta on Quen. Quen tapped out, and that was that. Yeah, no notes. Tony Nice, Josh Woods defeated the Varsity Blondes in a match where no one got 
intros and the match went less than two minutes. Yeah. No one got any interest from the crowd either. Yes. Uh, the only thing that was interesting was post-match. Oh, this was a Sterling's edition. <laughs> yeah, the, where Sterling grabbed the, the house mic. He let everybody know he has trademarked the term varsity for professional wrestling. And now Neeson Woods will be known as varsity athletes and the blondes can't use the term varsity anymore. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought that that was pretty funny. Uh, Not that I want to see anything more between these two teams. But. Yes. Well, it looks like Arn Anderson uh, is very disappointed in uh, the blondes. So I guess they're going to do something with them. Maybe uh, Shadi Lee Johnson and Brock Anderson. Okay. They will be the fail sons and <laughs> they will run strong against the Trustbusters on dark. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, Sterling then turned his attention to the acclaimed, which brought out. The acclaimed uh, and uh, Max Caster did a rap about saving the ratings. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Then we had a women's tag match, which was just there. It was Madison Rain and Sky Blue against Anna Jay and Tay Mello. Yeah, man. Like, I could care about this. Uh, also, I'm a little uh, mad that because they are they, they want to be accurate, they're not calling them Tay J anymore. It's Ty J because her name is Ty. So confusing. Yes. It was fine. They got to figure out something better to do with Sky Blue. I mean, I could think of a thing or two, but well, that's, all, well, that's, that's not a TV. So, something that is product. appropriate for a pro wrestling program. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was fine. It was filler. Let's yeah. be honest. Move on. Swerve cut a promo promising to hurt Billy Gunn in their match next week. That fucking ruled. Yeah. Although, uh, at least during the live version... Uh, the audio mixing was shit, so I mi- felt like I missed half of it. Yeah, and they didn't have they didn't have the uh, the house mic up for the who's house bit, which is yeah. come on, that's the that's the that's the gimmick, man. Exactly. What are you doing? Then the main event was uh, for the AEW World Trios titles. It was Death Triangle of Pac, uh, Pent El Zerum, and Ray Phoenix defending against the Dark Order trio of Ten John Silver and Alex Reynolds. This was a replacement of Ten versus Andrade. Uh, they decided to give Dark Order the uh, trio's title shot to commemorate the final match of Brody Lee. Um, I am mixed on this. Okay. If just because of Explain the finish. How. Okay. Match was awesome. Okay. Uh, I could watch Silver and Reynolds and the Lucha Bros work against each other all day, every day. I, I agree. Super, super fun. I don't get where they're going with the pack Bellhammer gimmick. I mean, yes, he's a bastard. Well, yeah. I mean, it's not, you know, he still comes out of the heel tunnel, whereas the Lucha Bros come out of the face tunnel most of the time. That's true. Well, you know? now Pent is just in he's, the, he's kind of he's in the Cody Vader the, zone. Yeah. <laughs> and then Ray Phoenix pops up when his uh, uh, spotlight is on on the face side. And yeah. And Pack is on the heel. Which side. is still one of the coolest intros they have. Oh, they're, uh, they're, it's, it's a fucking 10 intro. In AEW. It gets um, me so pumped. Fucking love those guys. But yeah, I, I thought it was weird, especially with Jose distracting 10 with a contract. Uh, I guess they're still going to follow through with that storyline. Um, it was it was just strange. Uh, Pack hits uh, Reynolds with the bell hammer and then locks in the brutalizer. Felt like the crowd just deflated there, which was great for Pack because he had to work the opener of the show that started yeah. right as this ended, which was Battle of the Belts 4. Yeah, yeah. I, I enjoyed the tag match. Um, you know, I don't mind Pack 
cheating to win. But again, I'm biased because it made the Lucha Bros win for a couple minutes there. I, I thought I was buying into the fact that Dark Order might pull this off because, you know, I was convinced the name of Brody Lee or, or Pat yeah, was when you drop a belt. When, when you invoke Brody Lee, you know, you're going to get a reaction and, yeah. you know, to do it as frequently as they mentioned it, I really thought that they were building for a uh, trio's title change. I'm, I'm happy uh, for Lucha Bros and uh, Death Triangle's sake that they didn't, but I, I bought in for a little bit. And yeah. Yeah. Um, and then uh, kicking off Battle for the Belts is Pac defending the Atlantic Championship against Trent Beretta. Another very good match that the crowd was kind of deflated on because of the finish of the rampage main event. Uh, the, the actual, uh, body of the match was awesome. Mm-hmm. Including yeah, Trent rocking out, man. An absolutely sick, uh, suplex, suplex off of the ramp through a table on the side of the ramp, yeah. which just was a wild visual. Yeah. And it wasn't, it could have been set up a little farther away too. Cause I feel like yeah. Trent really got fucked in that. Yes. <laughs> Uh, as did Pac, because Pac uh, cut open his uh, shoulder on yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you know the match itself was was very very good. But again, fucking LFI gets involved, and uh, we end up having the uh, the hammer being in the hands of Pac, and uh, he hits uh, Beretta with the hammer, and uh, that was that. Yep, Bryce didn't see it, although he was suspicious. Yes, but so, Bryce is always expressive, so. Kind of weird, but it, it's leading to uh, Orange Cassidy coming out, uh, so they'll have a match in Toronto on Wednesday for the All Atlantic Championship. OC's winning that, right? Feels like it, but yeah. we'll see. Unless LFI, you know, is LFI trying to poach Pack from Death Triangle? Is that I don't know. I don't know. I mean, the they're definitely trying to get ten. But I, I mean, I mean, if there's anyone who you could describe as ungovernable, it's yeah. fucking Pack. Yeah. Yeah, it would make he sense. fits. He definitely fits. Um, so we'll see what happens. Uh, hell, if this is just an exchange where, he, oh, oh, I, it just moved, Chris. When we get LF, LFI versus Death Triangle, is that what you're talking about? Close. Okay. We get LFI of Andrade, Roosh, and Pack mm-hmm. against the Lucha Bros and Dragon Lee. Ooh. 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 Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> There you go. Yeah. Uh, Jade Cargill defeated Willow Nightingale. Uh, Willow earned the title shot by getting the pin on Wednesday in that six-woman tag. Yeah. Uh, Competitive match. Yeah. Good match. Good match. Enjoyed it. Um, But uh, Cargill continues on. Sure. Uh, And then the laziest trope in professional wrestling happened as Vicky Guerrero comes out, yells excuse me a few times, but distracts Jade Cargill. So Nyla Rose... Runs to the crowd and steals the TBS championship belt. Oh, she boy. She absconded with the title, that ragamuffin. Oh, boy. What a scoundrel. Then the main event was for the Ring of Honor tag team titles, FTR against Gates of Agony. Props to Bobby Cruz wearing the neck brace to yeah. sell the uh, beating he took from Jericho. Um, I am half and half on the Gates of Agony. Is the half Khan and the other yeah. half uh, uh, Toa t- Leona? Yes. Bishop Khan. <laughs> Looks like a fucking superstar. Yeah, million bucks, man. Uh, he he looks mega ripped. He looks like he could be the next big thing. And yeah. in ring, he's pretty fucking decent. Like, yeah, he was working well with Dax and Cash. Toriona, not so much. Little stutter steppy, not a uh, not super fluid. There were some times where Dax and Cash looked visibly frustrated with him. Right. 
which not great. And because no one knew who the fuck these guys are, the DC crowd at, you know, 10 minutes to midnight, we're just yeah. like, why the fuck are we still here? And why is this happening? It's to midnight. <laughs> uh, yeah. Shock of shocks. FTR retained the belts and then Brian Cage runs out and we end up with a similar smudge to what we had on Wednesday. Yeah, but we got the we got the big Joe uh, pop and Joe uh, chances. He came out to even the odds at the end. Yeah, I'm making this up. And and that means we got to hear this awesome theme again. If they haven't, they really should. I'm missing the fuck out here. <laughs> missing the fuck out. Yes. Uh, so uh, we've got a big dynamite on Wednesday from Toronto. All Atlantic title, Orange Cassidy, Pack one-on-one. We've got Jungle Boy versus Luchasaurus. Uh, we've got, uh, I believe they just added, yes, uh, they added uh Tony Storm and Hikaru Shida against Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter, which was awesome last time. Should be awesome this time. And, of course, for the Ring of Honor title, Chris Jericho, Brian Danielson, three. Uh, Great show on paper. Uh, I know they want to make the Toronto debut a big deal. I think they need something else. I I don't know what it is. Um, Hopefully it's not another fucking backstage fight. (laughs) Uh, let's see who we should start a uh, you know a, a betting pool who will who will get into an altercation backstage this week uh, who will get into uh, an altercation I want to say Jake Hager just because he sucks Ooh, yeah yeah because you want Hager gone anyway I don't can he even get into Canada oh wait they <laughs> they dropped the they dropped the restriction didn't they <laughs> they dropped the vax yeah yeah, yeah Jake Hager yeah yeah well I guess that also means Luigi Primo is going to show up on, on Dynamite <laughs> on Wednesday <laughs> he like the pizza he no like uh, the vax. Yeah, yeah, and he gets he gets into a fight with uh, Poutine Perry, who is uh, you know <laughs> tossing cheese curds out into the crowd. <laughs> the Roughhouse Podcast is a weekly podcast fueled by coffee, pizza rolls, and the stench of dirty litter boxes. Follow Christoph and Marty on Twitter at RoughhouseSGW, at Facebook.com slash the Roughhouse Podcast, and at Patreon.com slash the Roughhouse Podcast for early access to episodes, exclusive podcasts, Roughhouse Redos, and Roughhouse Divided movie trivia games. New episodes drop every single Monday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe, motherfuckers! This is the, the Roughhouse, Roughhouse podcast. Uh, podcast with Justin and Kristoff. That's it. Fuck Kristoff. He's terrible with his information. Okay. Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up, because this is the Roughhouse Podcast with Marty and my least favorite man on the planet, Kristoff. Summertime is upon us, and that means it's vacation planning time. Wyatt Family Bayou Tours is here to show you the true meaning of the South, the true meaning of fear, and the true meaning of leaving home. You will be given a sleeveless flannel t-shirt. You will be hogtied with tire chains. You will be given a burlap mask to wear while riding in a canoe made of bones sailing down a river of blood from non-believers eventually reaching the Wyatt family plantation where you'll undergo days of hallucinatory torture, violent cult initiation, and an intercontinental breakfast. 
Upon passing out from unspeakable pain, the one and only Savior, Beret Wyatt himself, will scream you back to consciousness, where he'll explain to you, through his actions, that he is not just the Eater of Worlds, but the Destroyer of Asses. You will also get a limited edition t-shirt that reads, Bray Wyatt destroyed my ass and all I got was this lousy t-shirt. For an extra $14.95, you can get a commemorative photo with the Wyatt family in Bray Wyatt's Nana's rocking chair in a beatdown shed with alligators guarding it. Wyatt Family Tours accepts only human flesh as payment and Diners Club cards. Don't bother signing up. We're already on our way to deliver you and that supple little ass of yours to Mr. Bray Wyatt. Head over to wyattfamilybayoutours.edu for more info. Wyatt Family Bayou Tours. He's coming for that ass.